Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Good evening and welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is Friday Eve. Well, I'm supposed to be here in Oprah right now, but that's okay. <laughs> we get in, we get in the groove in it. We're already, we're already almost there. Okay. Oh my! Oh, it's actually the one that says "Thank you, Jesus." So see if you can find that, my my brother Tater Skins. Um, no, you can find it. Uh, I've been continuing to do my daily normal uh, routines here, ready for. Uh, ain't I ain't interested? Nobody's new normal, child. No, I'm ready for normal to resume in this country. How are we going to do that? What do facial coverings, forced facial coverings, have to do with stolen TVs? There's a whole lot of looting of America going on, and it ain't just happening in Minneapolis. We got much to talk about tonight, including how are we going to get our freedoms back? Are you ready to jump on the cultural battlefield? Get on the cultural battlefield. Pete Hegseth has a new book out, and I was super excited to get him on the show. Because instead of just somebody yammering on about what's great about America or what needs to happen, we've been talking about a call to action that we've got to get engaged and get active. The Democrats put their feet to the street, man. They're out there working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 to get their agenda pushed at every area of our our lives. And you can see really what their end game is with what's happening here. So Pete Hegseth is going to be here a little bit later in the show. Thank Jesus. There it is. Thank you, Jesus. He's not just a a hero of mine. I'm super excited. First time on the show, but I'm going to make sure everybody I know gets a copy of this book because we got to motivate people to get out there and get active to fight to get our freedoms back. Uh, President Trump took it today. He used that big, fat, beautiful pen and paper that Obama bragged about using. We're going to talk about that and some announcements happening in San Diego. Would love to hear from you guys. 888-344-1170. So much has been talked about already about the, the some say, murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Anything you want to talk about there, anything, any other topics on your mind, uh, feel free to give us a call, 888-344-1170. You can also email me at andreakshow.com. Follow me on Twitter at andreakshow, Instagram. And we are streaming live on Facebook right now on The Answer San Diego, as well as in our group, Kaniacs, K-A-Y-E-N-I-A-C-S. And the man who stepped in in the full-time role, he went from being part-time to full-time. He went from being supporting character in the movie to leading man. It's none other than DJ Potato Skins. And it's an honor to be here, and it's an honor to salute you. DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. Leading vegetable reporting for duty now with bacon. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, but I'm not a sour cream in, in, in person, so you lost oh, load me it up the for sour me. cream. I put everything on it. 
Um, okay, so uh, before we get into some heavy stuff happening in Minneapolis and beyond, uh, g- some good news here in San Diego, of which we're supposed to be eternally grateful right now, that they have come out to actually doing a press conference right now to announce that they are going to let us sit on a beach here in San Diego. How nice of them. Isn't that nice? Oh, that's so nice of y'all. I don't know if I told I get, you. Uh, yeah. I, I think I might have briefly mentioned it, but I uh, a couple of weeks ago was at Sunset Cliffs. Mm-hmm. My My bottom was about... A half an inch from hitting the bench, and there was the police driving by saying, you cannot sit down. Oh, right. Bar- the Barney Fife's, it, it, Sunset Cliffs especially, Del Mar, certain places have been more, you know, Barney Fife-ish about it than, than other places. Um, so uh, there's, you could, I, I've, been, I've been sitting at my special spot in La Jolla, sitting my hiney down for a long time now. Um, but oh, by the way, speaking of La Jolla, if you're going to go to the beach, heads up. And by the way, they're opening the beaches full reopen where you can actually sit down and sunbathe June 2nd. So that means I haven't looked at the calendar. I'm assuming that means they're going to make you wait past the weekend. They're not going to let you go on the weekend, which is which is stupid because most people still aren't back to work. So if they if they think that they're being clever, uh, trying to make it seem as though this is about avoiding big crowds over the weekend and easing us back into it. We're not stupid, you morons. Um, but if, by the way, speaking of La Jolla beaches, I don't know if you saw the video, DJ Potato Skins, major shark action oh, at, really? at La Jolla Shores. So I'm going to post that video up. Oh, yeah, you see somebody paddle boarding in the shallow area. It looks pretty shallow, and it's just major a swarm of sharks. Which yeah, are, that's been a pretty yeah. hot area for sharks over the years. Yeah, in fact, you can kayak and take a shark uh, viewing tour. Speaking of sharks circling... Uh, Democrats, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, what do facial coverings and stolen TVs have in common? Let no crisis go to waste, right? Let no crisis go to waste. We got to talk about, first of all, I got to preface it. I got to do the right thing here. The right thing from, you know, a, a broadcaster standpoint as well as just the right thing from a humanitarian standpoint. I am a big believer in, as you know, innocent until proven guilty. When I saw the press conference today with the legal authorities, part of me was like, they really need to dummy up. They shouldn't be out there saying so much, tainting the jury pool. I felt like it was inappropriate. But I did like what the county attorney had to say in the fact that we're not going to rush it. We had Ted Williams on Fox News today and Trey Gowdy and all these people saying he should have already been arrested. Let me remind you of what happens when there is a rush to charge and what ultimately the outcome should be. Look no further than the mob down in Florida over Trayvon Martin that got the white Hispanic after NBC falsely edited the audio, got the white Hispanic Overly charged. George Zimmerman might not have been acquitted. He might have been found guilty of something had they not responded to the mob rule and overly charged him, I think, for first degree murder and didn't even have a lesser included available to them. And he ended up getting acquitted. I think they're doing the right thing here because there's a difference because they've got to make sure that whatever they charge him with, they're going to be able to make it stick. Can you imagine if they can't? Can you imagine if they go for like death penalty or premeditated murder and then they don't have the evidence to back that up and then the guy doesn't get what he he should get coming to him? So really, this is why we cannot be having our justice system responding to mobs, okay? Whether the mob is within the FBI and the DOJ deciding they're going to control the country from within and weaponize the government against people for political reasons or whether we're going to have a mob on the steps of a courthouse somewhere demanding somebody's head for for political reasons and or or mobs out everywhere look at what's happening and you know i nobody's talking about the culture at play here and i gotta be careful as i say this because i see this as a political thing here what i'm talking about political wise ferguson 
Baltimore, Minneapolis, L.A. What do we see happening when there's racial injustice or injustice of any kind happening in certain communities? We are seeing by communities, I'm not referring to skin color here. I'm referring to an ideology. I'm referring to a a political ideology, a political community. Let no crisis go to waste. We're seeing innocent business owners losing their business. Here we are in the middle of complete economic destruction over a pandemic. And these people are angry about injustice. So they decide to go and unjustly burn down an innocent person's building and business and somehow and, and, and decide to steal TVs. Of course, I'm saying what's obvious here, but when nobody's and everybody's saying, hey, this doesn't really help your cause to be stealing TVs. Right. But but what nobody's really talking about how this is the Democrat ideology. This is what they're about. This looting that's going on, exploiting a crisis for their own personal agenda because they really don't care about the dead man who 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 had the jackboot put on his neck until he suffocated. They don't really care about him. If they're out burning down buildings and they're out stealing TVs, it ain't about the dead man. It's about their own personal crap going on, just like the Democrat governors that are looting Looting, like Gavin Newsom, when he seizes all the means of production, seizes the businesses and is refusing to take the knee off their necks, that ain't about anybody caring about public health. It's about power. It's abuse. That's what's going on here. And it only seems to be happening with Democrat constituents. It's like a culture of Democrats. Is it wrong for me to say that, Potato Skins? No, I, the whole thing is 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 more political than anything else, and it's 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 absolutely d- disgusting. It, it's it's obvious that no matter what is going on with safety concerns in California, that they're l- least concerned about the welfare of businesses and people, and more concerned about how can we you know keep the stranglehold on everybody so we can continue to have you know the power that we're having and possibly get more. Right. This is about power. This is about power. That what what did what, what was taking place with these riots up in LA? What did this have to do with LA? They were burning the American flag. See, here's something else that jumps out at me. When an Islamic terrorist goes into Pulse nightclub and kills 80 people, while bodies are still laying out, bleeding out, and families haven't even been notified, we've got care at the microphones cautioning people against Islamophobia. But one cop who's got a history, by the way, the history of this cop who put his knee down. I'm not even sure it's about racism or if it's just about the fact that we've got a really psycho crazy dude in a uniform because you look at the complaints against him for police brutality as well as the other guys there and lawsuits that had to do with it. I'm not reading anything in in their background that any of the other victims were black. Okay, so I don't even know that this was about black or if this was this guy being a racist or if this is just like a psycho in a uniform that the Minneapolis Police Department didn't do anything about. They are out there there. They and they are out there. But that doesn't mean all cops are bad. We're not allowed to say that an Islamic terrorist is somehow connected to Islam. But one bad cop is out there doing this crap for 10, 20 years. And every cop in America is racist and all America is racist. That's what's going on here. And when you hear that kind of dialogue going on, that means this isn't about George. George Floyd. This is about power. And they're exploiting it for power, just like the Democrat governors are exploiting this pandemic, exploiting the coronavirus and inflicting misery on innocent people for their own power. And I hate it that Gavin Newsom has come out and threatened to get, you know, cut the first thing he wore. Oh, I'm going to cut first responders. You better give me the federal aid. How exactly. Dare you? Exactly. That's about exploiting it for power. And oh, by the way, they're they're one of the people getting a paycheck.
Oh, and they got to get some money for teachers, too. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to continue this discussion here, as well as shift gears into what President Trump did today, which I thought was absolutely extraordinary, his move using, uh, using Obama's tactic of the pen and the paper. We'll be right back. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K A Y E. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, all while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. What we should have been doing all along, DJ Potato Skins, is if we wanted to sit on a beach and not get arrested, we should have said, Or, you know, we don't want to wear a mask somewhere, you know, like into CVS. We should just say we're protesting police brutality because apparently it's okay to go without a mask right now and not and not observe six foot distancing if you're, you know, protesting police brutality. Yeah, it doesn't seem I mean, I'm a believer in masks, but I mean, that's neither here nor there. It, It just doesn't seem fair when you're talking about one side and then you're talking about, you know, the police brutality just uh, that it blows my mind with what's going on. Well, one of the uh, looking at uh, Facebook comments here, love you guys so much. Uh, CJ said, I've seen too many bad cops recently, too much overreach. I've always supported the police. I don't know what to think anymore. I think that it's a really tough job. I think that it, it is. And yeah. unfortunately, the bad few, and there's some in every industry, they, they give of cops course, a bad yeah. name. And, and there's so many cops out there that just do wondrous things. Well, and anytime you've got a profession that gives you a lot of power over people, it's going to, you know, power corrupts. Corru- and, and Absolute power you know, corrupts. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's going on here. And I always said, and I'll tell you something else. I've always said many, many, going back many years, I could have never been a cop. Not just because I'm small. One of the but, toughest but jobs be- out there. Well, right. But because I don't have it in me to arrest a child rapist, arrest a murderer, arrest somebody that I know is just beaten up on his wife, arrest a terrorist like the Sarnayev kid that was found in the back of a boat that night after the Boston Marathon bombing. I don't have the capacity in me to arrest somebody like that and gently put them in the back seat of a, of a police car and deliver them to the jail in one piece. Without okay. losing your cool. Uh, without losing my cool. It's not in me. They, they somehow, some way, they, they, they would have been missing some toenails. They would have found their faces licking the inside of dirty toilets. Uh, they're, you know, I, just, I don't have it in me. I, I just don't have it and in most me. Most cops, it takes a special kind of person. And, uh, it really know, does. God bless them all. Yeah. Or most so, of them. Yeah. So, um, so I, I don't think that, you know, I, I, I know that there's been a lot of posts on Reopen California where people from law enforcement were like, stop, stop criticizing the cops who are going around arresting people and citing people here in California. You know, we need to be backing the blue. I don't back any institution wholeheartedly. I back individuals. I understand, you know, I, I, I'm not about government institutions. I'm about, you know, individuals, which means, because I'm a conservative, we're about individual liberty. We're about individual responsibility and individual accountability. I'm not a collectivist, okay? So I don't, I don't worship any institution. I don't give blood. Blanket, oh gosh, I love every doctor. I love every attorney. I love every this or that. I don't because I understand that we're all human beings. We're all flawed. We all fall short. Yeah, it's just like yeah. even there's very few, but there are a few very, very good Democrats over the years. And when they well, pop up, you got to give them credit. Well, yeah, there. I can't think of any right now. Um, but when I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, who was that dude from Georgia who was a Democrat who flipped a vote um, for George W. Bush and he went to the RNC convention and... 
uh, because he supported the war in Iraq. And he's like, how are we supposed to take out Saddam Hussein with spitballs? I liked him, whoever that Democrat was. Um, Got to move on to President Trump today. He did something extraordinary. Uh, he, he used the power of the pen with an executive order involving the Communications Decency Act of 1996, which basically gave social media at the time a lot of blanket uh, immunity to liability, which really begs the question why they did this in the first place. Trump is basically correcting something that should have never been done. You know, and this is what this is so typical of Republicans to get on board with, oh, we've got this new technology. Let's not see ask the second and third and fourth level implications of what could go wrong here. No, let's just let's give some cover to these these big, you know, and this Democrats were behind this. This was in ninety six. Let's give some let's give protections to these social media companies and then what did they do since they're all run by these Democrats never let a crisis go to waste right so now you've got all these social media companies doing exactly what Trump said which they've been given blanket immunity as though what they were was just platforms like a blank slate uh, that that every citizen could just say whatever they wanted to say on that's what the immunity was supposed to be for giving them liability when they start picking and choosing and editorializing and fact checking some people who are sharing opinion and not doing it for others now what they've done is they put themselves in the position of being a publisher which means that they're subject to liability this and what nobody else is really talking about is why does that matter well it matters because you think about nicholas sandman who sued cnn for what was said about him and how the social media mob came after nicholas sandman and how media cnn destroyed him and what it cost them with that liability that's what's at stake here for him this is absolutely huge when trump took to twitter today to mention it to talk about how he had signed this executive executive order putting the uh, liability back in play for social media all these lawyers all these comma jds came out and did something called ratioing which means that uh, uh, they ratioed him which is is supposed to make you look bad on twitter so what that means is you put out a tweet and more people come and bust you on it and criticize you for it than click like on it and that means you've been ratioed you think trump cares about being ratioed by a bunch of comma jds a bunch of attorneys that haven't given a crap about all the lies that were covered up for that's the last thing on his mind well yeah and and we're and and these attorneys are supposed to have credibility saying trump can't do this with an executive order where any of these attorneys did they ever bust Obama for his executive orders when he said 29 times he couldn't do dreamers with an executive order and he did giving you know uh, what he did for the dreamers or you know how about were the any of these attorneys have they been out there in front and center for the crimes that were committed by the FBI and the DOJ and the illegal FISA warrants and the illegal surveillance as well as all the unmasking and the um covering up the crimes for Hillary Clinton but but let me but but it's clear though that Trump He knew from the jump that doing this, it was going to end up in courts. But that's the play, right? He's forcing that to happen. In fact, that's the play from the Democrats. They're always doing this. That's what Obama was doing. He would do an executive order, and either people would go along with it and he'd get away with it, or it would be taken to the courts, in which he he was even found by the courts that he couldn't do what he did with the Dreamers, and they just ignored it. Or another aspect of this play is that you do the executive order, you know it's going to make its way through the courts, and then it forces Congress to actually write legislation on your behalf. So if we get the House back, then, you know, 
he's got the House and the Senate down the road to write some legislation to support this. You know, it's kind of a similar tactic for what happened here in California to where these uh, this organization filed a lawsuit on behalf of some squatters. They knew that these squatters didn't have any legal right to this house. But what they wanted to do was get it into the court system, get it in front of the public persona, and then ultimately, hopefully, get legislation to support their agenda. It's a brilliant move. On top of it, it puts Twitter and every other social media. This isn't just about Twitter. You think about YouTube right now that's taking down any video that bust the uh, World Health Organization and bust the CDC and the NIH for their crap. You look at how Google is manipulating search results to benefit Democrats. Control the message and you control minds and control minds and you can control the outcome of, of the elections. This is absolutely critical what Trump has done. These people that want to yammer, oh, the Russians this and the Russian bots and they influence the election. What, they, what big tech and social media has done by shadow banning, by not fulfilling their their business model, taking money from people like Diamond and Silk, who built a business brand around these social media and then had them deplatform, demonetizing them. Uh, you look at what was done to Laura Loomer, even including PayPal. We're talking about the financial punishment and retribution on on people. Uh, it, and it goes even further. We don't even have time to talk about all the implications from this, but it really backs them on their heels and they're going to regret it. On top of it, one thing that... Tr- Trump did that was brilliant today too was the dude that's in charge of the fact checking and making sure the community standards are upheld is a guy named Yoel Roth and Trump actually held up some of his tweets today uh, calling you know Trump they they fact check and like he's not allowed to question the 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 nature of mail-in ballots but this guy Roth has tweeted out calling Trump's team actual Nazis slammed quote scary trainees in New York City and called GOP Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, <laughs> a bag of farts. <laughs> uh, only, now. only Trump would hold that up. One of the things he did before I take a break here, he also uh, uh, said that he doesn't want, he included an executive order, uh, that he doesn't want any federal funds. He's directing his administration to develop policies and procedures to ensure taxpayer dollars are not going to any social media company that suppresses free speech. Why was there ever a dollar going to the, these people are so fat. Their wallets are so big. Uh, they don't need it. What are they doing getting federal money? And you know, Andrea, I know a lot of people leave because of what you were just talking about. And they're so disgusted with it. a lot of people I know personally, friends, family that are leaving social media altogether. Yeah. People are asking whether or not you've got a Facebook page right now. You don't. You and are. I do not. And You're I not. will not. I'm done with Facebook. All right. Well, we're done with this segment. When we come back. We've got to bring on Pete Hegseth. I'm super excited to have him here. He's got a great book out that is a call to action. It's not just enough for us to complain about our rights being denied from us now, and particularly with the coronavirus. we got to get active. And you're going to hear from Pete Hegseth on exactly how to do that when we come back. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Just checking out the monitors in the studio here during the break, and I'm looking up and seeing my former pastor, Miles McPherson of the Rock Church, who I still love so much. Uh, you know, he's just such an amazing preacher, and he's so charming. And One of the best in San Diego. He is. He He's wonderful. And, you know, I miss going to the church. I stopped going there because it was a little too far for me to hike. But I got to say, 
Um, and he's still the most handsome preacher, I think, probably in all of America, too, if I must say. But I've been disappointed in Pastor Miles that he has not been fighting for our religious freedoms and basically came out and said, you know, he's cool with however long churches uh, remain closed. And that was the wrong answer for me, Pastor Miles, with all due respect. We must be fighting for every freedom that is being denied for us right now. And that's why I'm super honored to have my next guest uh, Pete Hegseth, who's written a book called American Crusade, which is not just about um, discussing wh- whether or not uh, the, the election of President Trump was a sign of national rebirth. Um, can America still win is some of the subjects of the book. How can we win? It's not just about celebrating what America stands for. It's also a call to action about how we need how and why we need to be joining him on the cultural battlefield and fight for our freedoms before it's too late. Pete Hegseth. Excuse me, Hegseth, welcome to the show. Andrea, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Okay, so, uh, gosh, so much to cover here. I can't think of a better time for your book to come out, to to, to remind everybody of the greatness of this country, to talk about President Trump and why he was elected and what why we need to be fighting for our freedoms. You know, uh, you know, I don't know when you wrote this book. I doubt you could have foreseen that after three years of multiple uh, coup attempts, that it only yep. took it only took three months and a virus to be exploited by the Democrats to seize control of all capital, inf- you know, implement draconian uh, rules that are being enforced by police states and all the stuff that's going on out there. Our freedoms just we don't have one state in this country that's free right now. And so I'm so glad that you've got this book out. Um, tell everybody about it and, and what it's about and why you feel like it's important, according to what I'm reading here, to motivate everybody to join you on the cultural battlefield. Well, I love what you said about this COVID-19 moment in churches and the front lines of this is you're entirely correct. And the title of the book is American Crusade, but the subtitle has become more important. It's our fight to stay free. And the freedoms we have are incredibly fragile. The rights we have come from God and from creator, not from a governor or a mayor. And we should not submit to the idea that we would give them away willy nilly based on experts telling us we have to for an indefinite amount of time where they move the goalposts the entire time. That's that's not how it works. Uh, Our our entire American experiment is premised on responsible, free people who know where their rights come from, exercising common sense and individual liberty uh, under under equal justice under the law to achieve their American dream. And so the book was written before COVID-19, but I think more relevant today. And it's because we, we live in a world where, thank, thank God Donald Trump was elected in 2016, and we need him again in 2020. There's no doubt about that. But the cultural erosion, the rot that we've succumbed to from the left, has taken over our culture and our education systems in ways that uh, even if we win at the political level, we're still vulnerable because the next generation of Americans, mm-hmm. the people we need the most, uh, have been indoctrinated to believe that America is an evil place, that yeah. the premise of America is wrong and bad. And if you don't replace that and fight back with every tool you have, you lose your country. And so I wanted to write something that would kind of scare people, inform them, but also motivate them to do even more, more than just the ballot box. What can you do? Where are you going to affect change? Because it's all about the ongoing battle for freedom. Absolutely. You know, I've been saying for a while, it's not just enough. I love that I get to come in. I have a forum to share my opinions and, you know, just exercise my demons every night, you know, working it out because I get so frustrated (laughs) and so angry. Um, But that's not enough. We've actually got to we've got to be as motivated and be as much foot soldiers uh, to save this country, save this republic and and everything that it was founded on. The ideas of uh, individual liberty, individual freedom, individual accountability and your 
you're right, that our rights come from God, not from man. And, and that's one of the reasons why they've been fighting so hard to replace God with state. It's not about separation of church and state. It's replacement of God 100%. with state. 100 percent. That's why I love when Trump says, you know, we, we, we don't worship a government. We worship God. And he's right in his instincts completely. Mm-hmm. And when, you, when they untethered uh, the declaration from the Constitution, when they tore uh, God out of our schools, it was the beginning of their project to make government God. And they do it with climate change and saying the world's going to end in 10 years and you better submit to the religion of climate change. Otherwise, you're a heretic and we burn you at the stake. They do it with political correctness. They do it with the way the media lies to us. And, and the book tries to break down segment by segment how they do it, why they do it, how successful they've been, mm-hmm. and how vigilant we have to be as parents and grandparents and community members, members of our church, to motivate people around us to do more, to be proud, to be unapologetic, to grow a Trump spine like Trump has, to be mm-hmm. unafraid, to stand for the basic values. It's not hard to defend. I've been saying for a long time uh, that you cannot be so many Republicans. They shy, they've shied away. They've at, they've just given up on the cultural stuff. And all they want to talk about on the campaign trail is lower taxes. And I've been saying for a long time, look, you cannot be socially liberal and fiscally conservative. Uh, it doesn't work because it's the domestic. It's the cultural stuff that's killing us economically and will ultimately be to our demise. And that's yeah. where we're at. Now we're playing catch up and we've got to depend on people like you to educate the, the, the American people as to all the different ways in which they have changed our culture and taken us from a, look at where we're at right now, Pete. We've got you talk about climate change. We now have even conservatives arguing with me all day long that I should be going along with the forced facial coverings that to me are no different than the Taliban trying to force women to wear a niqab. Or no, the Taliban, it's the burqa. In Iran, it's the niqab. What's the difference? It's all supposed to be to protect us, right, for our own good. Because if a woman doesn't wear a niqab, then she might be raped and then that would be her fault. What's the difference between that and facial coverings? Well, it, depend, it, it all depends on how you view individuals and their freedom and their liberty. And of course, I, I mean, we, 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 it, it all comes from people who want to control our lives, mm-hmm. take either comparison, who believe they know better, who believe they have a philosophy that, 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 that overarches or overtakes the idea of individual freedom and liberty. And, and, and the whole, here's the whole thing about this whole COVID-19 moment. If you don't want to go outside, you don't have to. We live in a free country, mm-hmm. but allow people and indiv- respect them enough to empower them uh, to to make those choices. And I wrote one of the isms I talk about in the book because I, I lay out leftism and segment it out is Islamism is the fact that um, Islamism is it leftists enable that radical ideology because they, they they bow at the altar of multiculturalism and believe that anything is different must be better because America is a terrible place. And they don't know what their the ideology. Well, they do kind of know, but they also don't fully know uh, the ideology that's at our doorstep that they enable and allow. And the same goes for globalism and socialism and genderism. You know, you can't have a man and a woman anymore. You got to have a thousand choices. Mm-hmm. And and that that's all meant to deconstruct the Western Western civilization, the beautiful mix of Athens and Jerusalem that's created this experiment that we have. They want to tear it all down because they want control and power. That's what leftists always want, and they think man is perfectible. And when you erase God and you erase the biblical narrative, you erase the ingredients that make us humble humans who are in need of something greater than ourselves 
a moral compass which makes us ultimately free people. So it's all part of an experiment they want to tear this country down. Well, yeah, and I've been saying for a long time now that the left is is partnering with the Islamists uh, because what they have in common is a desire to have a centralized system of power with complete control over its citizens, and that's exactly what's at play right now. You know, it's an, it's not it's not a coincidence that all of a sudden now, for months they've been telling us we didn't have to wear a mask. Now all of a sudden now that it's time to reopen, everybody's got to wear a mask and, and six foot distancing. You can't. Most businesses are not even going to be able to operate under those re- regulations and and i'm uh, well, yeah, have- and, and under the regulations like you're here you go here's the crumbs you're welcome we've opened you up now now you can be at 25 capacity 25 percent capacity for the next three months as you head toward careen toward bankruptcy and we right. don't respect you enough and you can go into you can go into target though and you can sit in a football field long line and mm-hmm. go through the same register to everybody else but your small stores no they can't they can't do it right it is a rejection of the individual individual liberty personal responsibility all the things uh, that our founders understood we the people could do, they're using it at this moment for their advantage. So in your book, uh, you, you've, you've, you're asking people to join you in the cultural battlefield and that, you know, the description of your book is that it's kind of like a playbook for how we can how we can fight for our freedoms. Tell everybody about what the play is. How can they how can they get involved in, and take action? Well, I'd like to I'd like to think so. And I appreciate that description. I mean, the, the first thing I would say, you have to know thy enemy. And I learned that in the military. In, in the, you have to know what your enemy's trying to do, the narrative they're trying to sell, how they're trying to put you in a box, the names they're going to call you, the, how they're going to make you feel, and then fortify yourself, build the armor around that so that you build a strategy tailored toward defeating it. Yes, the, don't get me wrong. The 2020 election is critically important, and we should be involved in the political sphere, uh, creating the space for uh, a 7-2 to two Supreme Court potentially and, and hundreds mm-hmm. of more judicial appointments. I mean, that is massive on the cultural battlefield that will outlive a Trump presidency. And be, if, we, if you care about life, if you care about liberty, all of those things, uh, that's going to be in, immensely important. But ultimately, it is a cultural and educational battlefield. And I, my, the book is a clarion call to people to get involved in how the next generation, how all generations are being educated. If we can't fight and win that space back. And it it involves personal sacrifice from families and individuals. We spend so much time, where are we going to vacation next? What Mm -hmm. kind of car are we going to buy? And and we we sort of mindlessly send our kids to government schools, hoping they come back as good patriotic citizens. And then we wonder why they don't. Mm -hmm. We, We have to be intentional and then be the agitators inside those spaces that remind administrators and teachers and principals and school boards uh, and other activists that uh, that there are things we've always believed in this country that are important to perpetuating it, and we got to fight for it. So I lay out in the final two chapters the ways in which you can be that crusader who goes to the next level, motivates other people, is unafraid, and how ultimately you'll be better off for it. Well, we've got to have people doing this. It's not enough to just sit at home. It, it's astounding to me the, the numbers of of Christians and conservatives who don't even go to vote. I get it. I'm a Christian. I understand, sure. you know, that the Lord has 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 a will for my life and has a plan. But that doesn't mean I don't have a responsibility to do everything that I could do as a citizen. That is how I serve my community. It's part of, it's part of my volunteerism to be active, to be engaged, and try to do what I can do to support uh, this nation and what it was founded for. Understanding the risk that we face if we don't get involved, and so I thank you for for what you're doing for for fighting for our freedoms you do it all day every day and so much in in your life and everybody just enjoys you so much on fox and friends weekend and everybody needs to get your book american crusade pete hexa thank you so much for being here and god bless 
Too kind. Andrea, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for all you do. All right. Thank you. All right. Now we're going to take a little break and we got more coming up on our, it'll be our last segment on this Friday Eve. Stay tuned. We're Andrea K. Show on its way. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. Telling you like it is all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Okay, so I really haven't talked much about the this couple. I'm going to go a little round robin, hit a, hit a few topics. I haven't talked much about the Central Park Karen woman with the dog. Did you see that video? I did not. It's some woman um, mistreating a dog, by the way, yanking it around, choking it while she's on the phone with the cops, being videotaped by a black man. And she's, you know, saying, I'm going to call the cops right now and tell them that I'm being threatened by a black man. You don't really see their interaction before he starts filming. Uh, She ended up being fired, um, which she should have been because, I mean, at least at the point in which she called the the cops, he he wasn't threatening her. And the only the only one whose life was being jeopardized was the dogs at that point. I would have fired her. I believe in at will employment anyway. She lost her job. Dog ended Uh, up okay. uh, The the dog ended up being taken from her uh, by, I guess, some, you know, humane society or whatever's good. I mean, she's clearly like a crazy woman, in my opinion, Um, although I didn't see the whole encounter. Uh, now the story's escalated because, see, now the coronavirus, the numbers aren't panning out and things are reopening. What's the left going to do now to try to destroy President Trump going into the election? We even got to get Central Park Karen involved now. Uh, so with the uh, New York has decided to do a human rights investigation on her. I don't know what whose human rights uh, she supposedly violated. Um, now she's being uh, accused. There's an article out that uh, she supposedly stalked an ex a boyfriend or ex love interest and slammed him for his Obama vote. See that <laughs> you can't even. This is what I was talking about with Pete Hegseth. Look at how far they go. There is not one topic. There is not one thing that happens in the day it, during the day in the life of America that the left is not exploiting it somehow for power. Yeah, they're trying somehow to make something to there when there's nothing really there. Exactly. And you look at the, the, what's happening with Minneapolis. Now you've got uh, Maxine Waters blaming Tr- President Trump for cops killing black people. This was a man. This was a man. This the the one who put Chauvin who put his knee down. Uh, there has he uh, he has had going back us to many years now i think there was like uh 19 uh, different you know use of force issues against him and investigations against him the guy should have been killed a long time ago he actually was um uh, involved in shootings in the past and uh, at, at no point in any of his past issues and investigations done and issues involving him uh, apparently was against anybody black so you know and this is why i hate hate crimes legislation because it elevates some victims over others. Maybe this is why this guy is still on the force. Because maybe his use of bad uh, use of force and brutality in the past. If, for example, in 2006, he was one of five officers who responded to a stabbing at the home of Wayne Reyes. A man police claimed stabbed his friend, his girlfriend, and then threatened to kill them all with a shotgun. So then, uh, then he gets in his truck and leaves. When they finally get him out of the vehicle, they just they ended up just shooting and killing him. Well, you know, I have I, I have I have a hunch that that dude was white because if he was black, I think that this guy might have been off the force at that point. Um, so, you know, I, 
hate crimes legislation elevates some victims as being more important than others. Now, anytime a black person is killed by a white person, that's somehow worse than if a black person is killed by a black person. Where's the riots in Chicago? Every weekend there's more killings in Chicago, but black on black crime doesn't matter. This is why we know that it's all about power. And yeah, this murder is, should be murder. And when it's the right. other way around or, or when it's equalized, you never hear the same story. Exactly. You know, every life, every life is precious. Isn't that what they're telling us about coronavirus? But you look at coronavirus and the New York Times and New York Post uh, did a did a, a page, an advertisement listing the name of everybody whose death was attributed to coronavirus. Do you know how many Americans are dying right now? How many mothers are burying a kid today from cancer or from a drug overdose or from being murdered? And their name, their 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 baby, their child's name isn't being printed in the New York New York Post. This is all about picking and choosing winners and losers and who's more important than somebody else for power. And then, and now, so now what we see happening, potato skins is now we got to have, we got to get back to playing the race card. We got to get back to blaming Trump for anything bad that happens. And now it's all about, in fact, um, I I forgot to mention this earlier when Trump did uh, in the segment talking about Trump's executive order against Twitter, they fact checked him because he dared to suggest that mail-in ballots might be rife with fraud, even though there had been arrests made, like a police care, uh, um, a postal carrier arrested for fraud and in, in, uh, uh, involving mail-in ballots. Meanwhile, after this cop Chauvin uh, put his knee and murdered, in my opinion, uh, allegedly murdered George Floyd, uh, he white make whites great again was trending on Twitter. And people had done side-by-side pictures of the cop out of Minneapolis and a man wearing Make White's uh, Great Again hat. And it wasn't the same person. The cop was not the dude in the Make White's Great Again hat. And that was meant, and you know what? Twitter never busted them. Twitter never took it down. Twitter never fact-checked it. Or of course not, because it, ben- it benefited their platform. Well, not, yeah, be- and because it was all about blaming Trump for it, yep. somehow tying it to MAGA in order, because remember, we're now we're back to, you know, Trump, any- anybody who's a Trump supporter is automatically racist. That's where we're about. Well, it's cr- what cracks me up, Andrea, is anytime I bring up when people tell me, because I have a lot of friends and what have you that are very not trump uh, supportive and when, you know, when they, Trump's a racist, and I say, well, you know what? I actually have some other friends that are uh, they're they're black, they're Hispanic, they're they're Asians. How come they support Trump? And they have no answer for me now. What has he done? Give me one action that he's done. Nothing. That's racist. In fact, he's he's the one who gave more money from the federal government to historical black colleges. He's the one who did the first step program. It was the it was the Obama administration that put more black people in jail. He's the one getting them out. You know, he's the one who did opportunity zones and helped launch small businesses for black people in their own communities. He's done more for black people. That's why they but they got to flip it. See, they got they've got to, it's all about projection. It's the Democrats that have failed the African-American community. It's the Democrats. Now they're num- now it's their vice president, vice pre- former vice president who's running for president is going around saying, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. You know, they're the party of racism. It's racist to say that when one person is murdered by a cop, it's worse if his skin is darker than somebody else. It's always when you're pointing the finger, you might just look at yourself in the mirror, eh? It's projection. Um, uh, Hat tip to uh, my friend Eve Nasby. She posted on Facebook, circling back to the facial coverings, which are mind control devices. Um, It's not about, hey, if you feel better wearing one, you go ahead. But to force it on me, particularly given the fact that I'm seeing people walking around with socks 
you know, uh, you know, T-shirts, rat, the, the particles for coronavirus are so tiny that you're not protecting anybody wrapping a, a sock around your face. But two Chinese boys dropped dead within a week of each other in gym class wearing face masks. It drops your oxygen levels. You can't be wearing them while you work out, but you're not going to hear that from the mainstream media. Tomorrow's Friday. We'll have some fun. Thank you, guys. See you then.